Our focus in this edition of the Riabu podcast is the advertising industry, an industry which for years has been beset by delayed payments and freelancers in particular, graphic designers, you know, the sorts of people who work so hard to sell products and services on behalf of their customers. They're the ones who often get the shortest of shrifts. But now it's the ad agencies that are coming to the fore, calling late payments not only not smart, but irresponsible. Voxcom, which is an alliance between advertising agency associations uh, in a variety of uh, continents and countries, including the four A's in Malaysia, the Association of Accredited Advertising Agents, headquartered in Kuala Lumpur, um, has, uh, in essence, uh, really taken their clients to task. Their clients being some of the big brands, you know, once again, the ones who spend so much money on advertising. Uh, Voxcom says, with the world trying to come to terms with the COVID-19 pandemic, one would expect it to be even more true than ever before that CSR activities amounting to $20 billion a year were going in the right places. And yet we are hearing from our members, they say, all around the world, that many of those same corporately responsible companies are using the crisis to delay paying their agencies. Simon, this is exactly spot on. Uh, according to Voxcom, such a practice is directly at odds with the company's avowed policy of corporate social responsibility. Um, yeah. And one final line that I'll read before um, I'll get your take. These companies bully agencies into longer payment terms or just flagrantly flout contractual payment terms. The unintended consequences mean agencies in turn struggle to meet payroll, often 75% of their costs, then they have to delay paying their freelancers and subcontractors who've been hired to work directly for these clients. Gee, doesn't that just sound familiar, Simon? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, we're living in a world where it's become increasingly the case that you behave in a way that you do what you can get away with rather than what is right. And that's certainly true when it comes to big companies paying small companies. We, we've seen this at Riaba with, with data uh, from the last several years, which indicates very clearly that large companies are building war chests while smaller companies, and in Singapore, SME is $100 million or less, um, are struggling more and more and more to get paid on time. And um, it's, a, it's not surprising that this would happen, but I think what this article does is it calls to our attention the fact that many of these companies, and they talk about global 500 firms who spend 20 billion a year on CSR activities. So they spend 20 billion a year on what are often very visible CSR activities, which they promote in order to improve the associations of their brand. But at the same time, they are causing real difficulty to many, many, many small companies from whom they buy services. Um, it's very difficult to see moral consistency in those two things, you know? Well, well, I guess it's because exactly as you said, it's just not visible when they pay to terms. After all, paying to terms is what should be happening anyway. I think that's right. And I mean, um, it's surprising how widespread this is. I was, uh, as you know, I gave um, a webinar yesterday on the subject of working capital. And I was very surprised when I was putting the material together to come across a consulting company. I won't mention their name, but they're globally known who were advising other companies on working capital. And their first piece of advice was, well, the easiest way to improve your cash flow is to delay payment to your suppliers. I thought that was an egregious piece of advice. At the end of the day, when you have an agreement in business, 
you stick to it unless you are not able to stick to it. And we know that big companies have far deeper pockets, have access to far more alternative forms of finance than do small companies. And now, in the time of COVID, record numbers of small companies are at risk of going under altogether. Now is a time, I would have thought, for some of these Fortune 500 companies to put their money where their mouths are. Yes, and I've left purposely a pregnant pause at the end of that statement so <laughs> to highlight the point, because after all, with pledge to pay.sg, we're hoping to encourage them to do that. But Simon, you've actually called out an interesting and important aspect uh, of the whole payment cycle and payment chain, because you did say you should stick to terms unless you are able to. And when you think about the, the, the advertising agency in particular, um, there is often the excuse cited by agencies that, well, sorry, the brand hasn't paid us, therefore we can't pay the illustrators. Voxcom actually addresses this as well. Uh, they say that uh, often niche and diverse community-based media owners, as well as voiceover artists, photographers, and illustrators, for them, their fees are their salaries. Is It is what pays the rent and what puts food on the table. Um, I mean, the risk is that the advertising, and it's good that the advertising agencies have called this out, but the risk is that the agencies are the ones who shrug their shoulders and say, sorry, we haven't gotten paid for the campaign, therefore we can't pay the photographers and illustrators. Yeah, I mean... You know, what I would say about this, I mean, the first stick in the ground when you're organizing your business and agreeing terms, you know, with your customers or your suppliers is you agree terms which are clear and which you can adhere to. By that, I mean, if you do adhere to them, you're not going to run out of money. Um, if you have an agreement in place which says that you will not get paid until they get paid, all well and good. What's completely unacceptable is having an agreement in place that says we're going to pay you on site of invoice in 30 days. But then when later on they turn around and say, oh, well, you know, we can't pay you because we haven't been paid. That is completely unacceptable. Um, at the end of the day, make a deal that you can live with and stick to it. It is not the case that you are automatically exempted from paying your suppliers because you haven't been able to manage your own receivables effectively. Not at all. But, you know, that happens so often, Simon. Um, it yeah. does. And, and not just in the advertising industry, right? It happens often, but as we know from a podcast we did a couple of weeks ago, we also have many situations where, and I mean, to quote this, it said, um, they sometimes bully um, their suppliers. And I think that's very true. I think they do. Um, we've seen at least one egregious example of that in the last few weeks, where a company making tons of money looked at its market situation and decided unilaterally to increase lengthen its payment terms for suppliers, not because it needs the money, it's a washing, in, it's a washing cash, um, or because there'd been any change in the market, but because they can. And the fact that they can is okay for them. Well, it's not okay. It's not okay in an environment, if ever there were a time to be socially responsible, it is now. When 90% of businesses in Singapore are SMEs, when they employ something like two thirds of the workforce, and by the way, this is true all over Southeast Asia, now is the time for companies with deep pockets to step up and meet their commitments. One uh, final point then, um, as we look through, again, that value chain of freelancer through to advertising agency, through to brand. As a freelancer, uh, let's be honest, you know, some freelancers also don't do themselves any favors. I was talking to a friend of mine recently who said that on occasion, now he's not an agency, he, he's actually in a media company and, and freelancers work for him. 
And he said that he receives invoices in word format with, you know, virtually devoid of information about his company, you know, in other words, the customer, um, devoid of a due date. Um, and, and in word, I mean, you know, that's not terribly smart either. I mean, freelancers also have a lot to learn in order to hold their customers to account, don't they? There is a general problem with businesses, um, particularly small businesses, which is that people don't go into business in order to write invoices and get paid. They go into business because they have a capability or a service or a product that people want to buy. And they often come to the business of billing and collections as a, as a, as a last thought. And the problem with that is, if you don't think about it until the end, you're going to struggle to get paid on time. And if we look at Riabu's, the tools that we've created at Riabu for SMEs, these include very simple, intuitive help with the business of knowing when to write and how to write an invoice and what terms you should do, uh, you should lay out and how to get your customer to agree to them. The fact of the, ma the matter is the disciplines are fairly simple, but we know from research that 80% of the time that you do not get paid on time, even given COVID, is because of something you could or should have done differently. So getting the basics in place from the beginning of your relationship, such as when are you gonna pay me? What form of invoice do you require? What needs to be in the invoice, etc., is absolutely critical. Now, if you're an ad agency and you have suppliers like those photographers and illustrators working for you, you did say earlier on that you should, um, forge terms that you can live with and stick to them. So does that mean that as an ad agency, knowing full well that the brands that you're contracted to might delay payment, that you should then turn around and say to your supplier, look, I'd like to pay you in 30 days, but in actual fact, it's chances are it's going to be 60. And therefore, you know, we'll engage your photography or voiceover services or whatever it is, um, but be prepared that it's not going to be paid in 30 days. Is that a better way to go? Um, I, I'm a great believer in being upfront and honest. And indeed, I've worked in situations where I had subcontractors working with me, where I've made it very clear to them, you know, where their work is part of a very large overall job, um, that sometimes my very large client does not pay me on time. And if they have to wait a bit longer, my apologies. But that's the situation. Now, provided you go in on that understanding and you explain to them what's likely to happen based on previous experience, that's fine and dandy. What isn't fine and dandy is to close them on a rate for the job, which includes a payment term, which if you look honestly at what's happened in the past with your main customer, you're not going to be able to meet. That is not appropriate. It's having an alignment and an understanding right from the beginning. Yeah. So that requires you to talk about it, not just as a, as a supplier asking, you know, as you said earlier, what are the payment terms, what needs to be in the invoice, but also on account of being the customer. Well, in fact, I, being the customer, you're probably in a position of strength to have these conversations. Well, I think so. I mean, I, and, uh, you know, we, I've talked, we've talked often in the past about the question of modality. There are times when you can have these conversations and times when you can't, or rather times when if you have them, it's going to be very difficult indeed. When the guy can't pay his phone bill because he was expecting to get money from you for work that he's already done, but you can't pay him because you're custom because your customer hasn't paid you that puts him in a very tricky spot you need to let him know at the very beginning what's likely to happen and i, and I would say something else which is where i've worked with small contractors 
I often have a pretty good idea of what their situation is. And in some cases, if they're genuinely struggling, I'll try and help them out of my own cash flow simply because it's the right thing to do. I do not want people who were working for me in good faith to be unable to pay their rent or feed their families. Yes. So let's turn the situation around now. So we've talked about freelancer supplying to ad agency. What about ad agency supplying to the brands? Is there anything different that you would do, given that you're likely the one who's kind of the meat in the sandwich, but also you're dealing with a very large company where often the person you're dealing with is not the one who writes the check? Well, the devil is in the detail when it comes to dealing with large companies. Um, you You need to cut a very clear deal with very clear arrangements. And those arrangements uh, include the cost, the deliverables, when they're going to pay, when you're going to bill them and when they're going to pay you. And it, and one of the things that we always say at Riabu is that things like this are binary. It's not, well, we'd like you to pay us in 30 days, but you know, you please yourself based on how you're feeling and how much money you've got in the bank and all of those kind of things. That's not the way that you write these contracts. What you do is you make them absolutely clear. And if, and, and if they say we can't do 30 days, the idea is to drive them into a situation through negotiation where they're honest about what they can and cannot achieve and then lock into a situation which both parties can actually manage to meet. There, there are all sorts of problems if you don't do that. I mean, one is you forecast your own cash needs based on an expectation that a large company with deep pockets will pay you to terms, whereas they're thinking, well, we don't have to pay anyone until we've actually got the money from, from our client. Well, do you know what? Uh, those two things are completely different and they have a completely different impact on you. So you need to have difficult conversations early in the relationship so that these issues do not become problematic later on. And many people are uncomfortable having those conversations. Um, And if you are, you know, there are good ways to have them and there are less good ways to have them. And that's one of the things that we do at Rialbo is help people understand the language that they can use to get aligned on nitty gritty things like payment terms. Yeah. Finally, Simon, um, can you play the sympathy card? So if you're the agency and you're sitting across the table from the brand, you're having that negotiation that you talked about. You mean send, you then say? send my send my emaciated children to stand in front of their office. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> well, um, I do have two lovely children, but I, nobody would describe them as emaciated any more than they would describe me. So I might need, yeah. So, so okay, so your children don't count, but <laughs> no. I mean, as, as, as an ad agency head, does it, does it work for you to sit with a brand? You're having that negotiation about payment terms well, where you say, look, look at all these people. You know, I've, I'm engaging freelancers on your behalf. I've got the photographer to come in to shoot your, your product. Come on, they also need to be paid. I mean, does that well, work? Well, um, the first thing is, you know, I like what you're saying because the idea is to sit down with them and look them in the eye and tell them honestly what your situation is because it's very hard. For, you know, you can use obscure rules and regulations uh, as an excuse for not doing things. But it's very hard to sit in a room, look at someone in the eye and say, you're going to do something when you know very well that you're not. That's the first thing. The second thing is there are choices in terms of how you bill people. If you have a certain minimum amount that you need to keep the lights on, to keep your contractors um, whole, you know, maybe you need to have that conversation. Maybe you need to say, look, I understand that your big clients are sometimes a bit slow in paying, but I want an upfront payment of 30%, 40%, which you must agree to pay willy-nilly so that we can keep the lights on while we're waiting for your client to pay the bulk of the invoice. I mean, that's another conversation that you can have. You can't have any of these conversations unless all the cards are on the table and you're looking someone in the eye and you're being honest and open. If you are honest and open, there are ways around it.
You know, as we wrap, you know, the advertising agency is by definition the creative agency. I wonder whether there are more, even more creative ways to get your customer to pay apart from sending your emaciated children to their <laughs> office. Well, there are, but they're probably not appropriate for this uh, for this podcast. I'll, I'll happily I'll happily tell them uh, tell the the story the the stories that I know later. Uh, no, for tell now. Them now. <laughs> what, what are some of the stories you've heard? Even if they're better uh, well, if they're from the advertising industry. Are you sure you want to know? From, okay, well, I'll tell you the story. But I don't know if you want. So years ago, when I first started a company in Singapore to do with getting receivables paid on time, I was in a taxi and the taxi driver said, oh, yes, my brother and I have a company for getting receivables paid on time as well. Uh, we have a very, very effective method. Works 100% of the time. And I said, oh, what do you do? He said, well, we... We take the invoice that needs to be paid and we go around to the company that's late paying it. And usually the office that pays the invoice is full of women working in a big room and we take off our clothes and we don't leave until the invoice is paid. OK, you asked for it. That was the story. <laughs> and did it work? Well, yes, well, was... because, but yes, because all the women rush into the ladies and no work goes on until until they leave. Right. So um, <laughs> that was that was that was how it was put to me. Uh, it's not a method that I can say. I have seen working, but it sounded plausible. <laughs> well, he was driving a taxi, so maybe it didn't work. <laughs> you could always so, threaten. You could always threaten to take your clothes off. I'm not sure. Well, maybe maybe, maybe maybe listeners maybe listeners could uh, could tell us. You know, their wacky tales of getting how to get paid on time. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we'd love to hear from you. Anything else to say on this story, Simon? No, I think it's all down to thinking about things ahead of time and getting the relationship off on the right foot based on honesty. And, and if you're a customer, you need to find out what's going on with your supply. Sorry, if you're a supply, you need to find out what's going on with your customer. And the only way to do that is to sit down with them and ask them a few questions. And if you want to know what those questions are, check out Riabu. Well, we can provide you with some guidelines on what you should ask. Yeah. All right, Simon. And if you do have your own stories of how you successfully collected money, uh, please uh, drop us a line, service at riabu.com.